Hi everyone, in this episode I sit down with my friend Eris Safer and have an inspired conversation about projects going on and how to have a great year ahead. For an in-depth look at Rosh Hashanah from anywhere you are in the world, check out below the link to Rosh Hashanah from Anywhere, a four-part series we did for last year. Unfortunately, we're in a similar boat this year, so listen to it, check it out, and find some inspiration for Rosh Hashanah wherever you are, wherever you're celebrating. This podcast is presented by Rabbi Parrots Munchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, welcome to the Rabbi Parrots podcast. I'm back. I'm here for Rosh Hashanah because Rosh means the head and the head is the central nervous system. It's where we get our influence from. Although we receive this outside external osmosis influence on our lives, we primarily process it through our brains and to our emotions and to ourselves. And Rosh Hashanah is where we reset that tool. One of the things I've been thinking about so much over the last couple of years now, the last two Rosh Hashanahs and, uh, and the COVID world that we live in is how we have to sort of structure ourselves that we really can ask, where's my influence coming from? Because if it's coming from like the news exclusively, then it's a source in negativity. So we have to find different outlets and different ways to be, be affected by what's going on out there so we can have positive influences on ourselves so we can still be growing day to day in this uh, challenging, you know, landscape of a world that we're living in. So I've been thinking a lot about like, well, what's going to be my message for Rosh Hashanah? And my message is going to be around that, how to zone in, how to go inward and how to like really learn to refine ourselves independent of the chaos that's going on in the outside world. Jewish people have been doing this for thousands of years. They've been literally finding ways to refine themselves no matter what the circumstances. It's fascinating. You go through some of the greatest sages of all time and you would never know that behind their work was incredible challenges going on in the world. So... Uh, I thought about somebody uh, to bring on to the podcast who, although it's a challenging time, found a way to do something beautiful and share it with his network and his friends. His name is uh, Eris Safer. Eris is somebody I got to meet many, many years ago. I'll bring that up in a few minutes. But uh, we reconnected here in Los Angeles, and Eris is doing something called Don't Block Your Blessings. Eris is an award-winning producer based in L.A. He produces content, video, music. He's a DJ. He produces incredible art. He's got a lot going on. Check him out. I'll put all the links on the bottom. But otherwise, Eris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was really um, intrigued by Don't Block Your Blessings. You brought up the concept to me and asked if I could post a video about it. And I wasn't really sure what it was, but just a line, Don't Block Your Blessings, immediately caught my attention. Uh, so, uh, you know, welcome aboard. Tell us, what what is Don't Block Your Blessings? So the idea is really when I lost my mom, it inspired me to channel that into a blessing. And at around the same time, I was reading this book, The Positivity Bias. You probably know, Mandel Camelson. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But yeah, there was one letter that he had mentioned. Um, somebody wrote to the Rebbe, the Lubavitch Rebbe, and the way that he had responded inspired the idea for Don't Block Your Blessings because this person had said some of the hardships going on in his life and he was really just focused on all the things he wasn't receiving. Um, and the rabbi answered, you know, you, you have kids and you have all this stuff and not to downplay the hardships or anything that you're dealing with, with health, but you know, until you focus on the blessings that you have in your life, then you're not like a Kaylee, you're not a vessel for, for receiving more blessings because mm -hmm. you don't even appreciate the ones you have. So you're kind of by virtue of that, you're essentially blocking the blessings 
because you don't appreciate the ones that you have. Mm-hmm. And that basically inspired this, you know, asking people to share their wisdom of how not to block theirs or how they bring more blessings or just how to navigate the ups and downs of life, which is something that everybody struggles with at whatever level. So how are you getting people to like share their stories? I saw on Instagram, you have quite a lot of people who've shared their stories and don't block your blessings. Like how, how are you getting their attention with this message? Or is the tagline that good? Don't block your blessings <laughs> is enough. Well, I think it's something that resonates with people. Um, so people that you wouldn't even assume, like we had Justin Long from Dodgeball and Accepted and this girl I loved in, um, she was in the OC and Entourage um, and Wayne Coyne from Flaming Lips. It's like they all, it really like, you know, things from the heart enter the heart, you know that. Yeah. Um, so I think it because it's a genuine thing and it's not, you're asking them like, hey, can you shout out my brand or like, you know what I mean? Like trying to like, get them into trying to trick them into like saying something about some for-profit that you have going on. Um, they see that it's like, you're really just wanting to share wisdom with people so that they can have an easier time at life and be inspired. So I think because everybody struggles with this at whatever level in their lives, they're like eager to share it in the hopes of, you know, a lot of people will make the video and they're like, that was so helpful for me, you know, just being helpful to somebody else, you know? So it's, I think it just resonates with people in a real way. Uh, I, uh, I, I like that a lot. I, you know, on, on, on some level, I feel like you're doing rabbinical work <laughs> because this is something I've been sharing for years with people. And I got to share it, uh, in a minute form on the, on, on your, on uh, the don't block your blessings page. And my idea was simply that a blessing is something that's inherently for you. Sort of like people could say mazel tov. They think it means good luck, but good luck is sort of depressing. It's like, uh, listen, you're not going to get it. So good luck. You know, I hope, you know, or, or you're, you're batting above your average, but really, you know, blessings in Judaism is there are things that are designed for you, but you are struggling with creating the vessel to accept it. We have a reservoir of amazing opportunity and blessings and goodness and abundance waiting for us, but the hard part is creating the vessel for it to come. So to me, don't block your blessings automatically was like, don't create obstructions to the blessings that are there. In fact, think about it as like, there is goodness for you. You just have to open up the channel for it. But I guess that those things become difficult when difficult things happen in your life. And uh, I wonder, like, take me back a little bit before you started don't block your blessings. Like what led up to like this idea really being connected? You said you're, to your mom's passing and to things like that. Like how did take me to this process? How did you get to here? Yeah, I mean, I think from the past, just from my time doing like Shemspeed and Banks, Shemspeed being like the the main sort of urban music for Jewish music at that time, and then doing the Spartak Music Festival, it's kind of like set me up to be able to kind of produce almost anything that my mind sets on, you know? So I was doing like this World Music Festival, thousands and thousands of people sold out, you know, every night for Hanukkah. Um and then with all the music releases and just getting press and all this stuff. So like, it was kind of, I realized that, you know, if you set your mind towards something that you're actually passionate about, other people will join in on that. And, you know, if you work on the angle and like, kind of like the storytelling bit of it and the branding, um, other people, it, it provides a sort of entry point for other people to get involved at whatever level. So I think, you know, when my mom passed, I was like, all right, let me do something that will inspire other people and sort of elevate her soul and memory. And, um, that was just the idea. And as I started, you know, reaching out to people like yourself and other people and just their responses and it just kept me going. And then when I did the festivals, that was just like, took it to a whole nother level. So, um, with her, 
her Yorktide, her one year for, from her passing is October 28th. So that'll be like the third festival that we're doing. So I'll, I'll ask you about the festival in a minute. Uh, 17 years ago, I was single. I was just starting to date my wife and I was uh, starting a, 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 like a Chabad house type uh, Shabbat dinners and, and gatherings in North Williamsburg, Bushwick area. And that's where I met you the first time. You were with your friend Rafi, who became a very close friend of mine. Uh, shout out to Rafi Kushik. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we met a few Friday nights. Where were you holding then that, uh, that led to this like music uh, producing right. and the Jewish world and like, and like, cause when I knew you, I, I, I didn't know you were, you were, and, and then I just saw your career constantly like broadening Jewish music out and its appeal and as many directions as possible and gaining that confidence. Like, how did you get into that? Yeah. I mean, it was interesting, like right when I moved to New York, how everything sort of came together for that. Cause so in college I started doing shows as my band. I had like, I think two bands while I was in college. And then I also started a record label and there was like, I went to University of Maryland, College Park. There was like some incredible hip hop um, around there that people actually had gone to that school at the same time as me. And I was like, dude, this is insane. Like I could start a whole label just based on the campus. And I did, and it got on the charts and we sold out shows and it was like really crazy. That was all just, you know, just regular hip hop, like really, really dope. When I moved to New York, I always knew I was gonna move there right when I graduated. I actually had somebody like reserving my space in Bushwick in this apartment that we found. Um, and I moved there and then I started doing shows and this one show actually I had booked at the Knitting Factory with my, at a punk klezmer band, um, sort of like jazz punk klezmer called Huez. And we had played Moscow right before. And then when we moved to New York, we started playing there in DC. Anyway, I got this call. Um, I had Matthew Roth who was doing poetry. I was DJing like Chazanut with like drum and bass and like electronic music. And then I had my band. So it was like this crazy, like avant-garde Jewish, inspired, you know, music night, whatever. And um, this one beatboxer, Yuri Lane, who was doing, he had like 10 million views on YouTube. He was getting flown out by Google and all this stuff, um, doing his beatbox sort of crazy extravaganza, almost one-man show. He texts me, there's this guy, Matis Yahoo, spelled it with like two Ts, three Ss, like it was crazy. And that's how I spelled it on the first flyers. Um, and he's like, he said he was like this incredible beatboxer. I didn't know he's saying, didn't know him yet. Then I get a call from his label. They ask if he can open up for my band. I said, I've never heard of him. Not going to pay him, but he can open up. I'll give him 20 minutes. And all these Chabad people come out because they knew about him. Nobody else knew who he was. And uh, from there, we started doing a series of shows. I was like DJing. We did music and stuff. But that was kind of like, that was a moment where I made no money prior to that. I was like living off, like living in Bushwick for like 400 a month and just barely getting by. And I had sold that show out and I started selling out these shows and getting a reputation and realizing like, oh, wow, I can make money from this. And then I built like the festival and the label and all this stuff. So it came out of that. So you've really been, uh, don't block in your blessings for a long time. You've been like creating opportunity for yourself and following the, your talent and, and following the channels of where things open up. I mean, I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing to share of like how things happen. It snowballs when you put yourself into it. Yeah, I th yeah, it's one of those things that's like, you see like Hashem's like God's hands in when you're putting yourself out there in a way that like, okay, I have no control right now, you know? Like I've only ever worked for myself. So that's like really when you see like, you know, things will just align and, you know, you don't really have control over it. I always say like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you can make like a thousand calls and not like lock down one bit of business. 
Um, or you can make one call and, you know, and that could be like the biggest call yeah. you've ever made. So you're not really in control. You can only just try to align yourself and have full faith that it's all going to work out. Um, but one of the things my mom was always like super supportive of what I've done and like in the past. And so I think that was one of the big catalysts of me creating this universe around things that she's inspired me around. But yeah, she's always come to the shows, like opening nights for the festivals and always been into the music and just like super supportive of me. Being well, you got, you got to have people who support you in your life. You know, yeah. that's really what happens, especially a mom. Uh, any memories of me uh, in Williamsburg? Uh, <laughs> putting you on Will- Wow, Williamsburg days, yeah. Vaguely, I mean, I was living in Bushwick, so... There was like no Jews where I lived. It wasn't like the William, you know what I mean? It, it was like, like if, it was, yeah, now it was, it's another world. Yeah. But I was, it was like prostitutes on the corner. Like there was nothing pretty about like, you know what I mean? It was like a seedy area. Now it's like East, I don't know, the East Village or something. But, uh, but yeah, so I didn't really know this existed. I didn't know there was, I didn't know what Satmar was. So my friends kind of introduced me and I ended up in North Williamsburg at that Chabad. And that was great because it was this, group of like random like freaks and then like Jews and so I was like oh this is perfect for me you know I was going Friday night right before Shabbat would come in and I, there were bars popping up everywhere and I'd walk in and I'd be like uh any Jewish woman who white, lights Shabbat candles with me gets a drink <laughs> and we would come and light candles with me and I'd buy them drinks nice. like it was a it's a tripped out time and uh and yeah and those dinners were super eclectic it was just like yeah. uh even the person I was doing them with we were like in different universes yeah he, Kuti, was, Kuti yeah, he was super spiritual and out there and I was like just beginning but like a hipster in my own little world uh yeah. so it was very interesting times and uh, you and Rafi came and it was like oh here are some guys I could hang with this is uh it was good vibes um, so tell me, during the pandemic is when this uh, all came together for you and this don't block your blessings. Uh, so tell me, what are some of the highlights that have happened so far? Uh, tell me about the festival that was created and how you got to that. And uh, Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was born out of this other live stream thing I created on my website when I released this lo-fi album called <laughs> An Album of Lo-Fi Songs That Will Never Trend on Spotify. Um, this was the beginning of the pandemic and I'm like, I want to do a release. Like there's a full album, like a release party. Um, but there, that wasn't going to happen. So I had just played in Tokyo and I like connected with all these like artists and musicians out there. Um, so I reached out to people like around the world for my record release party. And, um, I created two rooms on the website. One was music and one was like live art. So I had people from like Sweden and Tokyo and all this stuff like live painting as, all the musicians were playing in the other room and it was covered by billboard. Um, so when the idea to take the don't block your blessings further than just videos was like, okay, I should do a festival because that way people can like really interact with it and bring it to life. And I asked one of my favorite DJs, DJ Kubert to be a part of it. He brought in like 16,000 viewers and I had, I don't know, about 40 other presenters. And so it was basically the art room and the music room. And then I, also added a healing room, obviously, since that ties into the festival. Um, and I had David Sachs, who you know, who's a writer, producer of The Simpsons, and he's writing. He read from his upcoming book. Um, he's just an incredible, just his wisdom and just anything he says is so profoundly deep, but very short and brief and simple at the same time. Um, so I had those types of people in the healing room. And yeah, it was just really successful. So I did another one on Valentine's and we had... My mom always wanted to see Hamilton and had tickets and then COVID happened and 
um, she passed away. So I actually had the cast of Hamilton perform um, with 60 presenters. And it was also just super incredible. I went on Fox 5 to talk about it and they did a whole piece. But yeah, so it's just kind of grilling. That's, uh, that's fascinating. Tell me about uh, like what's the plan for this third upcoming festival in October? So the third one is on her yurt site. So I actually, the last one took so much out of me that I was like, I'm never doing this again. Wow. <laughs> but uh, when I realized it was her yurt site coming up, which happens to be at the same night as my, like my debut, like big album comes out side A of it uh, from as age to the, so I just decided, okay, let me just do it. You know what I mean? And um, I connected on clubhouse with this woman who was like the one behind Cali roots and a bunch of these like massive reggae festivals. She like, is the A&R manager for um, Damien Marley and whatever. So she's been helping me a little bit, like just keeping me inspired and with some of the copy. And then my friend Rehan, who's the one behind Life is Beautiful, that big festival in Vegas has been, they're all like pushing me, you know, like they love it. So yeah, I just kind of got inspired and I'm like, I need to do this on October 28th. And yeah, it'll be kind of a combination of some of the incredible presenters from the first two festivals, a few of them, and then a bunch of new people. Well, we'll put a link uh, here uh, to check out the festival. What is your hope and inspiration for this festival? I mean, like, if you can really dream it, like, what, what can really come out of it? Because I think, you know, you mentioned, like, the second one took a lot out of you. These You obviously put in a lot of work. Uh, production is all behind the scenes, and then it all happens in one hour. You know, you're really, like, putting in all this effort a few hours, whatever long the festival comes and goes, and you can feel drained. Like, uh, so I guess it's a two-part, really, I'd like to know. What, what could you do this time that you think will drain you less? Uh, or, and, and what would be your hopes that it would be like that was all worth it because that happened? Right. So, yeah, I mean, two things. Like, one, I think that the last one was a bit ambitious because I was involving so many people because I also was like, oh, it'll get to all these different people's universes when they're, like, promoting it also. So it's kind of like a strategic move aside from just presenting something incredible but also i wanted it to feel like you're going to a festival so there's multiple things happening in every room at any given time mm -hmm. so i think instead of like nine presenters every half hour simultaneously maybe it'll be like one or two over the course of the three or four hour event uh so that'll be one thing that makes it a little less less hectic. is more yeah because it's like it's also what people don't realize is we have to get them live streaming and then pull the feed and then update it and then it needs to like push through the website so everybody's updated to see what's happening new. And then, you know, inevitably like half the people have some like technical, super simple thing, but still needs to be addressed or whatever. So it's always, it's, that's what makes it, needs it to really be stressful. Simplified. Yeah. So, I mean, the hope for the festival, I think in the future is just doing more like in-person potentially retreats, still doing the live streams so people can connect, but you know, nothing beats in person. And when you're actually meeting these people and that sort of thing. So that's, that's the hope, whether it's like a bunch of retreats or one big festival, something like that. Well, I love this, uh, this line that you, that you sent me the other day. We have to realize that every moment we are existing in is a space where we can return. Tell me about that line. What, what type of what type of returning to what space are you looking for? <laughs> it's a, that's a Rosh Hashanah message. I could feel it somewhere there. So, right, but right. What, what are you really trying to say? What are we returning <laughs> to? Because don't block your blessings is also like uncovering what's already there. So, what, what inspired you to write that? Right. Well, that okay. So that's for my project, also inspired by my mom, but also my ex's mom, who is a big inspiration to me. Um, so that's called Light of Infinite, but it is very much tied into. Don't block your blessings because it's basically me, me jumping in weekly, spending the week immersed in ancient 
Jewish texts and Hasidic um, teachings and Kabbalah around the weekly Torah portion, but I'm doing it through the lens of Don't Block Your Blessings, so it's very much tied in. Um, so yeah, that's tied into Rosh Hashanah and the weekly portion, but the idea is like returning to yourself and returning to like this connection, this unification. Um, and you know, everybody, most of like your biggest enemy, like last week's thing, I quoted Jay-Z's thing that it was like looking in the mirror, like my only opponent or whatever. And like the idea of that, it's like, you know, you can blame this person for that or this person for that, but really so many of the things that keep you away from either happiness or feeling whole or at peace is all of these things that you pile onto yourself, you know, like your own doubts, your own fears, all of these sorts of things. So the returns is like return to your oneness, return to yourself. Uh, I love that. I think that you're, you're, you're hitting on a point that I tell myself all the time that when I judge myself based on what I've done, the work I do on myself, on my body, on my soul, on my learning, I feel very accomplished because it's with me. But when I judge myself based on like, you know, what's going on externally, well, that never ends. And that to me is, uh, I think the message that I take away from don't block your blessings is like, like your blessings are the things that are with you that are not externally based, that are not superficial and that are not based on that. And like, uh, I don't know if you're your greatest opponent or not, but you're definitely like, like how you see the world is, is basically going to shape how you see yourself. So both of those things need to be constantly elevated. And with a new year coming up, Rosh Hashanah being the head, it's all about like elevating the way you see the world around you. And it's just too easy to see the negativity out there. So I, I really think going forward, if we're not going to start looking from a new lens to what this world is, I think we will struggle. We'll continue to struggle. This will linger. This pandemic could linger for, for centuries if you, for your life if you don't like learn to see the lens differently on what you're doing. So I think it's fascinating what you're doing at this time specifically and taking a loss like your mother. And you mentioned your, your ex's mother, who I knew also. Uh, and it's like, you, we're losing some wonderful people who used to carry some of the load of positivity and goodness in the world. And I think the harshest thing is to realize like, we got to carry that load. You know, my sister passed around the same time and like, she was uber positive and strong and like, I'm like, well, uh, now I have to be like, I can't, like, I can't look to her to lift me up. I, I, I got it already. And now it's my turn. So I think that's really what this is about for me. Um, and I, and I see it so much for you as well of like turning this into like, uh, you becoming that positive light. Um, you're, you're an incredible musical uh, entrepreneur and an art producer and all that. But you, when you meet you, when I meet you, you have a bit of an introvertedness to yourself. Yeah. So I think you like really balance this, like, you know, this introverted nature with like, but I got to go do it. So, uh, for those listening out there, this is a man who sounded very busy and it's not because it comes natural. It's because I could tell you right now he's blushing, but I can tell you that it's because he pushes himself to really put his, his talents and utility out there in the world. And I want to thank you for that and for sharing that with us here on the podcast because I think it's uh, it's inspirational. And those out there who feel like they've been holding back on seeing themselves in a higher level or doing things that are not about finance and money, but about like actually bringing good things in the world will see great success and they can take inspiration from your work. Thanks. Yeah, no, whenever I tell people how shy I am, they're like, you like, you know what I mean? But I think because I'm, I'm comfortable around people that, you know, I'm friends with or I feel at ease. But yeah, in certain situations, I'm just like you said, like I go kind of introverted. I mean, I love, 
you know, when people ask me like, oh, I read your, you know, your, th- your article for this week, like, why don't you share something? I'm like, I write it. I don't recite it. Like people think I'm like this outgoing and I want the mic and I want the attention, but I'm like, I, I would love the attention for the writing and especially if it helps somebody or for my music for sure. But as long as I'm not like in the room, you know, like do it, like whatever. But yeah, just don't single me out. <laughs> well, then I'm going to single you out. I'm going to say, don't block your own blessings, man. You got such beautiful <laughs> things to give. And uh, keep giving it, keep sharing it. And uh, this coming year, there's a, 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 the two year of a decade is really the third year of a decade because we already did the zero, the one. So this is the two, but it's really a third year. And a third of anything in Judaism is when we establish a pattern. So uh, this uh, festival that you're doing should establish a pattern, not necessarily of festivals every year. I don't know if you want to do that, but it should establish a pattern of like, producing things that bring tens of thousands of people together and make them feel inspired to open their channels up. And that's precisely what you're, you're doing. So more power to you and lots of success. I hope everybody listening checks out the Don't Block Your Blessings uh, festival coming up. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. Well, listen, have a happy Rosh Hashanah, a happy new year, and happy head of the year. And uh, thanks for coming on the Rabbi Parrots podcast. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. <laughs>